Well, walk me through your uh, your um, your entrepreneurial journey because mm. there's a lot of social media influencers mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. don't have a dime. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. So, were you, did you start off your like your your um, your celebrity on social media making money initially? No, you can go back to my YouTube's. I have videos of me like six, seven years ago sleeping on the floor, like my basement flooded. There's like, I'm like, y'all keep going. God bless. Like, I'm going to make it one day. Like, it's all on YouTube. I showed the ups and downs. Yes, I showed y'all the million dollar journey, but I also showed y'all me sleeping on the floor. You know, I show everything. I even, I showed we had a million dollar month and the next month we had a $10,000 month. Really? From a million dollars to 10,000. What happened? The hype was over. <laughs> I was canceled. <laughs> oh, so that was, it was wow. What? Oh, so that severely affected. What? You know what I was thinking? From a million to 10 grand? I was like, I'm back to square one. I'm back in Dallas. <laughs> that, that's how big of a jump it was. Oh my God. In 30 days, we gross. Now, of course, like you said, there's expenses. There's this, there's that. We paying the team. It was gross. We made a million gross in sales. The next month, we made 10 grand mm, in 30 days. Mm. And oh I showed gosh. that. I said, this is and what it looks it. like to be an entrepreneur. This is what it looks like when your name is drugged through the mud for something that's totally false. This mm. is what it looks like when you have a marketing plan one month and you're viral and the next month you're lazy or whatever. That wasn't my case, but this is what it looks like when you're mm. an entrepreneur from a million dollars to 10 grand. And what did that teach you? Baby, <laughs> God, I'm humble. Yeah. I was like, you know, I mean, it, but I'm, uh, I think Neo said it. I don't remember which one it was. Don't get so caught up on the numbers. Mm. Don't get so caught up on that. Yeah. It, it, that's just the game we're in. It's the game we're in. You're going to have a $20,000 month. You're going to have a $100,000 month. You're going to have a million dollar month. And it's like, okay, well, we spent all our money last month. We're not buying this month. Mm. You know, whatever it is, whatever the reasoning, reasoning is. And it was so much surrounding that million dollar month, though. People don't understand the marketing that went. Walk up. me through it. Oh my God. First of all, it was my birthday month. Mm-hmm. So on my birthday, I always do a huge sale, I do a huge thing. Um, I, I had been chasing the baby for a year, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that month, <laughs> I dropped a picture with him and he announced that I was in his video. Mm. So, so many eyes and so much is on my page. So because I had manifested him for a year, now I'm selling a manifestation book. Everybody wants it. Mm, what is in this book? Brilliant. She's been chasing down this rapper for two years. Now she's the lead in his video. I need the book. Wow. It, it was just so many things at once. And I take pride in that book. I sat and I wrote it. And my lawyer probably going to give me like, you can't talk about that. Um, <laughs> you know, yes, as I stated on social media, a few pages in that book were taken from Pinterest. Everybody knows that, mm. unbeknownst to me. Right. I had a whole team working on that book. Um, but I love, I love, I was like, get this book. This is what I do. It was literally, I'm not an advice giver. I'm a truth teller. This is what worked for me. Yeah. It might work for you. It might not. But this is what I did, right? So all, that's all that's in that book. What My, my daily affirmations, this and that. So I put that out the same month as my birthday, mm-hmm. the same month that the baby promoted me. It, it was just so much promotion. The stars aligned. The stars aligned. Yeah. We ha- and I took a picture with him, posted the picture. You know, his last name is Kirk. Now the promo code is Kirk. So now 
people just want to use. It's just the the hype and the marketing around it. Gotcha. But that's why we had such a great month, April 2020. Did y'all ever go on a date? <laughs> no. No? No. Did you shoot your shot? Because you were shooting your shot. Yeah. Like, what's up? Look at me. Look at me. He was like, girl, move. Go see. Ha <laughs> 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 Like, you're funny. I'm like, uh. <laughs> I'll be myself too quick. I think that's the problem. First date, I'm like, what's up? <laughs> Let him get to know you. Like, uh, no, we never went on a date. But I, I do, um, he's a great businessman. And he's put so much money in my pocket by booking me for different things. Um, just, you know, he's great. He's good, a great guy. Good, good. Yep. So you, and I, I thought it was genius too, because you used the whole, um, I'm looking for a boyfriend. You turned it into like a show. I turned it into a comedy show. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was like uh, on TV somewhere. It, it was, was on Zeus. Yeah, on Zeus. It was on Zeus. So it was a that. dating show. Uh, it was fun. We shot the whole season of the show in like seven days. We shot yeah. a different episode oh, wow. every day. We cast it. It was, some was for entertainment. Some was like, if I find a man, I find a man. So you were like, really looking for a man during the yes. show. Hello, single men that are here. Because <laughs> y'all in the right place. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Somebody out here is my missing link. <laughs> this is where I need my man to be. Jesus. A way to turn your credit into cash. I tell a lot of people is that when you go to build your credit report, um, once you clean the negative items off, you want to learn how to start building. Right. So when you start building, I tell people, listen, it's a, it's a website called Swap Elise. Swap Elise. Swap Elise. Swap Elise. Yes. Yeah, swap Elise. So with Swap Elise, I tell people, I say, listen, go find the cheapest car. So over my time, I found the cheapest car was a smart car. The smart car costs about two hundred and twenty one bucks a month. Mm. You can find them and you take over somebody else's lease. When you take over somebody else's lease, they don't want it anymore. So they're willing to pay to get out of it. Oh, so it's like subject two for cars. Like, you know, subject two in real estate, you just take over there. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So, but now imagine is that now I don't have a down payment. Right. Now I go pick up a vehicle when it's time for me to, I'm, this is this is just building my report. So I go get the vehicle and it's $221 a month. Let's say it has a year left on it, right? Or 18 months, but even at a year, um, I tell people, listen, then you just simply take the vehicle. It's a smart car, small. Most people think they can't fit in it. Mm. <clears throat> you know, I'm a big gentleman, but I fit in it, right? Yeah. So I got Word. the smart car, okay. right? So okay. I said, listen, you take the smart car, 221 bucks a month. You go out and you contact David Shans and say, Dave, let me put real social proof on the left side for 221 bucks a month. I'm going to keep it in Metro Atlanta that... It'll be exposed between 10 to 30,000 people per month because it's going to be riding around Metro Atlanta for 12 hours a day. Shans is going to say, 221 bucks, and you're going to put it on the side of my car? I don't know. You going to say no? Nah, let's do it. So you find three of them. So now at three people, now that vehicle now at 220 on this side, 220 on this side, 220 on this side, that's 660 a month I make off of 221. So you get this $200 car. Mm -hmm. You sell advertising on three sides of the car. Yes. And for the for the same amount of the lease. Of the car note. The, the car note. Yeah, yeah, the lease note. Gotcha. Now, I got a car note that was 220 and now I make 660 mm -hmm. Now I look and I go, okay, but how do I keep it in Metro Atlanta for 12 hours? Do I park it? No. 
I go and I go find people that's between the ages of 21 to 25, and I say, listen, um, I got an opportunity for you to drive, and you just post an ad on Indeed, right? I tell everybody, test, this, test your websites. I don't tell you just jump out there and go get the car first. Test the websites. Post an ad on Indeed for people who are willing to drive and willing to pay $150 a week. Don't worry about gas or insurance. Insurance on a smart car is 30 bucks. Don't pay for the gas. I'll pay for it. Mm. You pay me 150 a week, you can drive for six hours out of the day. Well, guess what? I get two kids driving it at 150 a day. I mean, 150 a week. That's $300 a week. Times so 12. each kid can drive it for six hours a day. Yes, and go do Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash. For $150 a week. $150 a week. So you got advertising for $600 a month so far. Mm -hmm. Plus, you're getting, if it's two kids driving at 150 a week, that's $300 a week, so that's another $1,200 per month. Yes. Off a $200 smart car. Off a $200 smart car. You just turn your credit to cash. You're making 1800 bucks a month <clears throat> off a smart car. Mm. But since we're hearing you, my man, that's, that's, that's turning credit to cash. Right. But what people don't know, and they say, listen, this is my, my goal is this, is that we in the 21st century. We don't live in the, the early 80s, in the, the, the early 90s, late 80s. We have such an issue with assets and liabilities. Mm -hmm. I thought it said it on your shirt. Okay, so, right, <laughs> is that with assets and liabilities, we're stuck in the only, only realistic liability we have in today's society is our mindset. The way that we can think, the way that we can judge, and the way that we can execute. So when people look at a vehicle, now I just turn that vehicle, which most people say is a liability, into an asset. So you mean to tell me, they go, oh, you It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from Black Voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black Voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Leasing, because cars are depreciating, um, they're depreciating liabilities. But in today's society, we got apps like Turo. In today's society, we got things like Hirecar. In today's society, we got Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta that that movie sets that literally rent cars and pull them on trucks and don't even put miles on them. To where now, if you have an exotic vehicle or a nice vehicle, you can make it an actual asset because it generates capital more than it depreciates. So if you know the depreciation calculation of what it's going to depreciate and it makes more than that, this is an asset. Now it's a cash-driven asset. We have to get our mind out the way and start learning how to use technology. We let people sit there and tell us, yeah, we should lease vehicles and do this. Listen, if the vehicle pays for itself and then in the, in the time, by the time it depreciates to its bottom dollar, if it's already paid for itself, I now have a car free and clear that if I do get ready to sell it, mm. I still can have, it has a solid resale value. Wow. You've never seen a Rolls Royce for under 150000 I don't care what year you get. Right. Ferraris, under 150000 I don't care what year you get. Well, Ferraris are, but Lamborghinis are certain cars that's always going to have a certain amount of value. Well, if you get one at the right year, it's easy to generate the capital off right. of it. It's just a mindset. See people trick us into saying, "Oh, stay at a position of, of mediocrity, and you know, only invest in in in, in assets." And you go look and say, "Well, what's assets? What's the assets? Why is the only thing that considered uh, liabilities things that we like?" Um, and so I'm 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 walking into this branch. Uh, is a black dude from Jamaica. He's Jamaican. His name is Michael Black, and he's the branch manager. Like, he runs this mega branch. We had two floors. We had about 20, 30 tellers. We had 10 bankers. And so I'm watching this dude walk through the bank, and he, like, he's the boss, mm. right? The majority of our clients are white, you know what I'm saying? And, and he runs it. Um, at that point, I, it opened up my mind. You know, you know, Einstein saying once your mind is stretched to a certain level, it can't you can't unstretch it. Mm. Uh, it opened up my mind and say, "Whoa, wow! I'm a teller right now, but I could get to this dude's level where I'm, you know, like run, running things." Mm. Um, so you just pretty much you saw somebody that you can model yourself after. Absolutely, without a doubt. So you might not even be in finance if it was like a white guy in a suit, courty looking dude. No, no, no way, no way in the world. If my man, if my branch manager was a white corny looking dude, I probably would have been there eight months and I would have probably found something else to do. Right. But the fact that I saw that the highest level of the bank, this guy ran it. I I started to say, all right, that's 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 what I'm going to do. And in fact, it's funny because that's I was only a teller for eight months after that. Right. So I visualize now. So now I say, you know what? What's next? I want to be customer service. Right, so now I'm starting to wear suits because the tellers are only wearing shirts and ties. Customer service wears suits, so I'm wearing suits now. 
Now I'm 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 learning the lingo. I'm seeing what they're doing. I'm being extra nice with my with, with my clients. My my tele clients are coming to my window. I'm going out there and help. Oh, let me walk you to customer service. Let me see how I can help you. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm making their job easier. Um, and that's how I started getting promoted every single time. You know, and and so here, mind you, right? I started at 19. By 24, I was a VP. Right, I was a VP, so one of the youngest vice presidents of a of a of a of a bank, of a national international Man. bank, at 24 years old. Um, you know, at 31, and I'm skipping ahead a little bit. At 31, I became a CEO of a credit union, one of the youngest CEOs of a federally chartered bank. All facts, though. Google, what? Google, Google me. It's all facts. At 31 years old, and so really, it, you know, uh, I mean, but but it's the, it was the ambition. It was being able to see it, and once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. And I was, I just, you know, as a natural hustler, as a natural grinder, I just said, yo, I got, I, I got to go get it. And wow. you know so what, what happened to the dude, the the, the 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 main guy? Yeah, now nah, salute, salute to Michael Black. The funny thing about it is that we were actually we became like I was a branch manager at the same time as he was a branch wow. manager, right? And so he would always tell me. So I remember, I think I, I want to say at the time that I, I got my first branch, he had moved to Rockefeller Center, right? Mm-hmm. So he was, you know, he was kind of progressing and going to bigger and bigger branches because Rockefeller Center, I mean, you obviously was, you know, the, you know, where all the money was. Uh, and I remember, uh, you know, becoming a branch manager and saying, I got to find Michael Black. And, and luckily, you know, I became, my, my first branch was at Chase. Um, and so I, you know, I knew he was still at Chase. I went to go see him and, and you know, he was telling me, you know, how proud he was of me. But at that time, I guess, um, he had got, you know, you know, the banking business could, could wear you out. Mm-hmm. So he ain't had the same swag. Yeah, he ain't still had the same swag. He had the, uh, you know, you know how Obama came into office, you yeah. know, first year, eight, by, by, by year eight, he got white hairs and all that. Right, so right. yeah, yeah, that, that was, was like, like five o'clock. Exactly. Yeah, I, I gotta, gotta go. go I gotta go. <laughs> A lot of eyes are on you, right? Do you feel any pressure to be, to do it right? To watch what you say, to be respectful. Do you feel yeah. any pressure to really walk in excellence? Because there are a lot of kids you're going to be responsible for. Yeah. Um. I just, you know, I just hang around the right people, like my mentors and different things like that. They show me, you know, the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um. Just show me how to be respectful. Um. You know, just show me, you know, what to say on Instagram, what not to say. Just, mm-hmm. just the way to carry yourself. Like I feel like having mentors is really important because they really just give you the straight path to success. So me hanging around Neil, me hanging around Hum Five Hundred, you know they didn't did this for years and years. Yeah, now sure. I'm able to like now now they showing me like yo Trey, don't make that mistake. Yo Trey, don't don't do this. Do it like this. So now you know I'm just able to learn from them because they did everything that I want to do and they you know they just doing great at it. They, give me give me give me some of the uh, lessons that you've learned from your mentors that you apply to um, your life now. Let me think. Some lessons, uh, some lessons that I learned, some lessons that I learned uh, from my mentors. Uh, let me see. I mean, you're around them all day long, like especially because you're out here in Atlanta. You're from Philly, right? Uh-huh. And um, you know, we was at him five hundred house. Got this huge house, right? Got the beautiful cars. You're around Nehemiah Davis all the time. Oh. Just yeah, I got one. So, so I went to the jewelry store. I went to the jewelry store about a month ago, uh, and then I told ne- I told Mister Neo and I told him five hundred. They said, "Trey, 
get your first investment property before you buy any jewelry trade. Get a few more um, streams of income before you buy a piece of jewelry. Me, when I went to the jewelry store, I was ready to cash out right because there. you got the money, right? right? Yeah, but um, but Neo and uh, Mr. Marcus, they told me like they told me like you need to have real estate properties. You need to have stocks and things like that. That's just automatically going to, you know, pay for the jewelry. You don't want to buy your first piece of jewelry before you have your, you know, your first piece of like real estate or your first mm. um, real estate investment. But, you know, it's just a lot of gems that they give me sure. every day, you know, just for everyday sure. things. Like, um, when you walk into, like, when you walk into a building, make sure you greet everybody. You shake everybody's hands. It don't matter, like, if this is a janitor, you... You know, you introduce yourself because you never know who might know who. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so just greet yourself anytime you come in the building. You know, so just everyday things. They just tell me like, look, post at sure. this time. That's when people getting off of work. Like they teach me a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So much. So who were you before like this person, B. Simone? Yeah, who was- um, I grew up with my grandmother in Dallas, Texas. I was a licensed cosmetologist. I actually got accepted to Prairie View, so I was supposed to go to college, right? Yeah. And the day, like. This is how bold I am. The day we were supposed to drive down to Prairie View, we were packing up the car. And I looked at my grandmother. I was like, I don't want to go to school. Why? Because I didn't want to go to school. I wanted to be an entertainer. I wanted to do hair. I was very artistic. I just, I did not want to go to college. I was doing it because I thought it was just what you were supposed to do. You go to middle school, you go to high school, you go to college, you get a job. But in my heart, in my mind, that's not what I wanted to do. And when I looked at her, like one tear fell. She was like, well, what do you want to do? Mm. <laughs> I was like, I want to go to cosmetology school because that would give me more time to like, I love doing hair. So that would give me more time to like do what I loved in the midst of trying to find out, figure out my artistry. So she was like, okay, I'll pay for it. So I went to really? college. Yeah. That was easy. It was that easy. No, so I did the same thing. <laughs> I was going to college and my mom was like, uh, I, like we went to the school. I was like, mom, I don't want to go there. She said, so? Boy, get your ass up. <laughs> yeah, get, no, come on, come on. So your mom, she supported your Yeah, career. my grandmother, my family, everybody supported me. So I went to cosmetology school and I did hair. Um, last year would have been 15 years having uh, doing hair. Not yeah. having my license, but right. I started doing hair when I was 15. Gotcha. And I got my license right out of high school and I did hair in her kitchen for... Years, years, really? years, years while I was recording music. I was in my first girl group at 15. So the objective was to be a cosmetologist and a an artist? I wanted to do music. So my goal, y'all, I really thought I was going to be on tour with Beyonce. God was like, slow down, baby girl. <laughs> slow down. So I really wanted to do music. I was in a girl group and we eventually broke up and I continued on with music. Right. And um, doing hair in my grandmother's kitchen, I was making so much money. For me at that time, like, you know, I would work. Okay, I'll take my first client at 10. If somebody wanted to come at six, yep, pull up. I'll be up at five. Somebody, I was like, girl, I'm booked. But if you could come at 5 a.m., I'll take you. And they would pull up. What? My granny would be like, be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) All that laughing. You know, if they would come, I would take them. And that was kind of my problem, too. I overworked myself. I was like, if I'm not using my hands, I'm not making money. Mm. That was a problem for me. And, and back then, I didn't even know the word. I didn't at 22, 23. I didn't know the word entrepreneur. I didn't know the word. I didn't know about my own business, but it was in my mind. I was thinking like a entrepreneur, not knowing it. Mm. I was I knew if I don't work with if I'm not working with my hands, I'm not making money. And at that moment, that was a problem for me. 
So, wow. you know, I, I figured out other ways to make money. I started selling, selling little hair stuff. I would go to the beauty supply store and I would like up the sale for my clients or whatever. I'd be like, oh, you need that? I got it here, but it's more, you know? So did you, did you, were you around somebody that gave you the thought or you were just like, hey, I don't want to work my, work my hands no more? Not one person. No inspiration. It's no. just. No. You knew something was wrong. Something was off. It was always in me. There's not an entrepreneur in my family. Everybody is still working. Mm. Um, it was just in me. It was mm. in me. But I was always art- artsy. So, you know, working with my hands, doing hair, doing music, drawing. So, mm. stuff like that. So, but this whole journey, you're still going on music. Music. Right. I, I want to do music. Actually, one of my good friends in Dallas, Texas, she moved to Atlanta. And we would come to Atlanta all the time. So she came and then she came back to Dallas. She was like, if you don't move to Atlanta, I can't be your friend no more. You holding yourself back. Like you ain't finna do nothing here. Wow. She was like, you need friends like that. When I tell you, not only did she force me, I was like, okay, I'm gonna save up $3,000. I have my little Toyota, three hubcaps. (laughs) (laughs) I love that car. I didn't care. I still drove that car around Atlanta. EJ, one of my good friends who got me to get on this podcast, she was like, if you pull up in that car again, we cannot be friends. You have money now. (laughs) I would ballet it like, don't scratch her. Like, what? Girl, ain't nobody worried about this Toyota. Where your hubcap at? But that's the car I drove to Atlanta. So and what my, year was this? This was two thousand uh, six years ago. So six I was twenty five. When was that? Mm. Six, five six years ago. I'm thirty one now. So I moved when I was twenty five. Wow, five six years ago. Yeah. Your whole life can change. Yeah, but, I, but people don't understand. They see me come from. Well, let me finish my story. Yes, because I got so many thoughts. Go for it. <laughs> Slow down. Okay. So she was like, "If you don't move, I'm not gonna be your friend." Right. So her name is Farrell, still friends to this day, over a decade. She comes down to Atlanta. She's like, okay, when you get reach your three thousand dollar goal, you're gonna move. Mind you, I'm working in a strip club now, hustling, doing hair, working, working, working. I got that three thousand dollars, got my car, and that's all I had. So she came back, packed up my car with me and drove, and we wow. got a we got an apartment together here in Atlanta. Wow. That three thousand was gone in two weeks. <laughs> oh my god! My first time paying bills, being in the door. I'm in my grandmother's house right. this whole time up until then. I had no bills, and I was making so much money in her house. I didn't, I only paid my cell phone bill. I was traveling, going to Miami, just lit, you know. So I'm sorry, real it. quick, yeah, real quick. So you're making a lot of money, yeah, and the goal is to save three thousand. I just wanted to say, I thought that was a lot. But was the problem, because you were making money, like, were you just, like, spinning it as fast as it came in? Yes. Mm. <laughs> That's what I see from the story. Because it's like, you have to save 3000 but I'm making a I lot of money. I only want to save three. <laughs> I was buying stuff, okay? I was, I, you know what I spent most of my money on? Not bags, purses, shoes, designer stuff. I kind of got into that more recently a little mm. bit. Food and travel. I wanted mm. to travel a lot. I was like, I don't want to stay in Dallas. I wanted to go to Miami and L.A. and all these places I had never been. So I would travel a lot. But that's what I spent my money on. It was gotcha. gone. Gotcha. And what'd your friend do? What was she doing as a... Music. So she was doing music We too. both moved to Atlanta to do music together. We were both independent artists. But she was waitressing, working regular jobs. She worked at gotcha. Nordstrom and, you know, stuff like that. Okay, proceed. Yep. You get to 3000 You're here. Number 3000 I'm here. I was gone in two weeks. Had to get a job, you know, and then I ended up working at a hair salon out here. Mm. I, I went around, found some stuff, and then my social media was kind of picking up a little bit because I came from MySpace. Mm. Once again, back to my earlier thought, people don't understand. They're like, oh, you're on Instagram. First of all, I've been on Instagram eight years. Mm. Let's start there. Yeah. It's been almost a decade of Instagram videos. Yeah. But before that, I was more popular on MySpace and Pinterest. So back in the MySpace days, Pinterest? I was- 
Pinterest. My pictures would go viral on Pinterest. Mm. So in the MySpace days, I was on like people's top eight. Do y'all remember that? Oh yeah, for sure. So I'm like, I've been on social media for a long time. It didn't just like one video go viral on Instagram and then that was it. No, I've been on Instagram for almost a decade. Mm. So, you know, constantly posting. So yeah, I got out here, started taking my social media more serious. What transferred me to comedy was I would post my music like, this song is so good. It would get like 4,000 views. And then I would post a ranting video and it would get like 400,000. I was like, y'all not the music. Edit it, edit it, B. Edit it, edit it. Edit. Stay edited. Sorry, y'all not messing with the music. Sorry, I cut so much. I'm working on that. But I was like, dang, I thought my music was good. Like, okay. So the people led me into comedy. The mm. people led me into comedy. So I, and it was just me being myself, ranting about my day, being a waitress, making $15 that day. I remember I had a, I still have it. It's a journal diary. And I wrote in it, like I made $15. I'll go back and read it. I made $15 today, but that's cool. I know everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Some of the pages are wet because I was crying and writing. Wow. Like there's watermarks on the pages, but yeah, I would. I wasn't making no money, you know. So that's where it started, and then I, I moved to Instagram, and the people pushed me into comedy because gotcha. I, I just looked at the views. If this is what I want, I'm being myself anyway. Let me keep telling y'all about my day, yeah. and it just turned into comedy videos, and then skits, and mm-hmm. you know, now I'm a comedian based off of that. Right. Just following that, you know, your, lane. Your, your original brand on social media, was it intentional to be music? Like, yo, I'm just going to put my songs out intentional. there. Intentional. I had a whole album on iTunes. As soon as I started popping, I was like, take this down. So. <laughs> <laughs> no one can hear this. <laughs> Not a soul. People still DM me. Like, we're, I'm like, girl, I'm about to block you. <laughs> that is the past. That album is gone, sweetie. <laughs> so, so I'm putting Talk music to a comedy up. show. Music up and then ranting videos. Yeah. Were the ranting videos funny or it was like just voicing my frustration? Funny. I mean, I guess I didn't, I wasn't intentional about the funny though. Mm. I was just being myself. So once again, that class clown thing, telling a story in a comedic way, I guess. Mm. Y'all today I was at work and oh my God, this white boy walked up to me and was like, you know, whatever mm. happened, I would just say it in such a funny way and I would read the comments. I'm like, dang, this is what y'all want. I'm going to keep telling y'all about my day. I'm going to keep ranting. I'm going to, you know, I started at the beginning of when people were making videos. Because mm. at first Instagram, y'all know it was just pictures. Yeah. Once the videos started popping, you know, I made videos. The crazy part was now I need my another car. I need more cars as possible before Super Bowl hits. Mm. So I get my Corvette from Hennessy Ford. And right before Super Bowl, I think it was like two days before Super Bowl, I checked my tracker. I asked my boy, Brother Dion, everybody know Chief Dion yeah. on Instagram. I said, Dion, hey, can you check on the Corvette for me? I have it parked in front of one of my townhouses. He said, cool, I'll, I'll drive up there. He calls me back. You sure that you left it here? Because the car's not here. Corvette's not there. I checked the tracker. The tracker shows that the car is not where I parked it, and the gas is on E, parked like two blocks down the street. Crazy. Right now, I'm kind of scared, but I'm like, at the same time, like, well, at least I know Did the car. you forget that you parked there? No, no, no. I know for sure somebody... Stole the car because I left my key in the car. Mm. I had a runner and I just unlocked the key because you can't open the door if I lock the key, the door with the app, right. even if the key's inside. Gotcha. So I'll put the key somewhere inside the car and lock it. And when the runner needs to get the car, I'll unlock it. Gotcha. That's how I was operating when I was, I was ever in a rush. Mm. That happened that day, but I forgot to lock it. So that same day, somebody was checking 
people's cars on the street that day. Mm. Open up a 2016 Red Corvette. Oh, the door's open? Oh, and the keys inside? Got him. <laughs> Caught me slipping. But right. it was God's will because at the end of the story, oh, man, this, is a long, this is a pretty long story, but it's crazy. Okay, well, you don't got, got to go through that, that yeah, the motions, the story, but, but yeah. The, the whole point of that Corvette being stolen is, one, um, a major point was after the car was stolen, I filed a police report. And when I filed a police report, that I found out that the car wasn't really stolen. They say, well, if you know where the car is, it's not stolen. I'm like, oh, really? That's not how it works? Okay, cool. Well, can you guys help me get the car by sending somebody to make sure it's there? I don't want to have to deal with any problems if the people who stole the car are still hanging around. Mm-hmm. Cool. So she, they sent, uh, they dispatched the officer to check on the car. She was talking to me crazy. Come get your car. Hung up on me. Right? Your car is here. Go get your car. Talking to me crazy. Mm. Right? Stress level. My stress level is pretty, I'm pretty high tolerance of stress. But as the motions were going on, I'm realizing that, hey, this is, this is, this is really stressful. Yeah. But luckily, the car was there. It just had a little rim rash, little scratches on the, on the rim. So I called my insurance and let them know, hey, guys, my, um, I was with, who was I with? My initial um, insurance. Um, What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you. Rub shoulders with industry leaders. And you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side, and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people t- listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. 
You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, booth thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you know right now yet, you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal. That triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now. Don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights, take your brand to new heights, take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer. Okay. I'll see you at the summit. And don't forget to use promo code. Big deal. Who? No, Safe Auto. Mm-hmm. I was with Safe Auto at, at that point. I called Safe Auto and I told them, yeah, what can we do about the situation? They said, well, your deductible is 500 and your damage is less than 500. So mm-hmm. do you really want to put a claim on a car where you're still going to be paying more? I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, cool. But what can you guys do for me? Well, you have free tows on your plan. Okay, cool. Because the car... When I opened the car, the key wasn't inside. Mm. And the anti-theft locked the car. So I can't even do anything. I can't do the remote start. Right, right. So now the car's stuck. I got to get it towed to the dealership to get new keys. So I told them, yeah, at least give me a tow to tow my car over there. So they said, we'll do it. We'll, it'll be there in an hour. Mm. Two hours pass. No tow truck. I was like, dang, I got things to do. Mm. So I went back to my office temporarily, right? Ten minutes, literally ten minutes later. The car is now moving. I checked to see it go back to the car. Now it's not moving. Right. It's going super fast, 85 south towards Camp Creek area. Mm. Mind you, the car was in Midtown. Right. So I'm like, okay. They, I thought my, somebody might say, dummy, why would you leave the car? Mm. Well, I, I had a, like a low, low, super low alertness of, I didn't have a high level alert on the car being stolen again because I thought it was just some little kids who were just checking cars right. in a high-profile car, drove it around the city for a couple of minutes, couple, maybe an hour, let the gas go all the way in E and just dropped it off somewhere. Mm. That's, that was what I thought happened. Not come to find out that the people who stole the car were actually probably living in that same apartment. In that building. <laughs> and once, they probably even saw the cops there. And once they saw us leave, <laughs> right so but it's still even when the car was stolen i was still wasn't tripping my, so my stress level had a scale of one to ten it probably started off as a two police officer was giving me a hard time because she thought i stole the car my own car mm. it's probably like a four at this time car got stolen again probably at a five this is when it moved from five to seven right the car's moving i'm on on like trying to call the police officers right I call the police officer Hey, excuse me, my, my car is stolen right now. What can I do? Can you guys help me? She says, where's the car at? It's driving. <laughs> I say, all right, I'll dispatch an officer to where you're at. Guess who the officer was? The same lady. The same lady. Ah, <laughs> oh, Same lady, bro. Same lady. And she was already giving me a hard time. She went off on me. Mm. Why would you let talk to me crazy? I'm supposed to be the victim. <laughs> And she told me like I'm like, like like I just did something like heinous. Right. Anyways, I'm not going to tell you how I responded to her because it wasn't gracious. But long story <laughs> short was they they end up telling me that they can't do nothing about a car that's stolen that's in a different district, mm-hmm. right? That's why they say zone one, zone two, zone three in mm-hmm. Atlanta. 
they have zones that they they they, that they take care of. Like Fulton, they, they only can do things that if so. The car is in Savannah. Only the officers in Savannah can help. Right. So I'm seeing where the car is. So I call whatever whatever area I forgot what city it was in, and they tell me that they're gonna check on it to see mm-hmm. and try to see if they see the car. All right. Long story short. I said I wasn't. I was still scared that I was gonna get the car back. So I got in the car. Dion's like, "Let's go." Dion's no. We took an Uber. Mm. We didn't have no car. Right. I th- we took an Uber. We're in an Uber truck. We're both in the we're both in the back seat and we're tracking the car. I said, "Yo, call OnStar to tell them to shut the car off." I forgot we got OnStar on it. Mm-hmm. Right. We call OnStar. They say, "Yeah, we can't shut the car off while it's moving." I said, "Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> you, yeah, it makes sense." <laughs> but what happens if the car stops? Can you shut off? You said we still can't shut off because we need a police report. Hey, what? You need a police report first before we can shut the car off? And after he explained to me, I, I understood why, the, the logic behind it, but I wasn't trying to hear all that. Right. I need my car shut Your off and shut it off. Is... Now stress level went six, seven, eight. I'm like, oh, yeah, this car is about to be gone. I just got this car. Mm. Super Bowl's coming up. I don't even know if insurance is going to cover it. I just, like, put it, like, I don't know. Thankfully, right, I checked the app. I check the app. I'm checking the app every three minutes because we're telling the Uber driver to follow, go this way. Like it was like a movie. Go straight, go straight, go straight. Bust the right. It was crazy. Then I come to find out my, my tracker had a five minute delay on it. I'm Whoa. like, oh my God. What's going on? Then we check the app. We see don't we don't see the car moving anymore. Like, good, they stopped it. Call on star. All right, we, we found out the car, the person who stole the car, stop car. Can you can you shut it off? No, we still need a police report. Like, please, just please for me, just shut the car off, please. Mm. Right? He says, sorry, we don't we don't even have connection with the car. You know what he told me? He says the tracker has been compromised. I'll never forget those words. Wow. He used the word compromise. Meaning they took the dang tracker out the car. Come to find out, this is not a guide to how to steal a, a 2016 Corvette. <laughs> it's definitely the tutorial. <laughs> but the, the, the tracker in this specific model mm. for OnStar is in the um, mirror. Right. Yeah. So all he did was pull that thing off, and that was it. It was disconnected. On start. Mm. You know how we press the on start yeah. button? He took that thing off, and that's how he got the car. Right? Wow. So, so I was scared throughout the process, but then it got so point where I had to get out the Uber. I said I, it was so it was so sad. I'm like, all right, man, we lost the car. Dion, you can just go back home. That mm. was that was like that was the, the tone of it. Right. Like, we 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 didn't win this battle. <laughs> You lost, man. I, I'll figure it out, man. You need any more help? No, man. Just, just go home. It was like that. Mm. I went and I got to my other car. I got home, rolled up the window, and screamed at the top of my lungs. Really? That's how stressful it was. Never mind. I sat back. I reclined. You see like, I, and yeah, screamed. I don't even see it coming from you, bro. That's the crazy thing about it. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah. It got so stressful. I screamed in the top of my lungs. Mm. But then I got reminded. One of my my key like grounding statements is what's God's will in this? That's what I act. That's what saved me. What's God's will in this? And I, because of my faith, I know that everything I do in my life, God has me set up for a win. Yeah. So whether this is an L or not, it's oh, it's still a setup for the win. So yeah. if I endure to the end of the process, I'll get to see that dub. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, I saw that dub. Ooh. But the question is, how did I end up seeing it? This is how, right? Car stolen. I was like, okay, let me file in the claim for a stolen car on my insurance. They'll pay me out. Cool. That's what insurance is for. Mm-hmm. So I call my insurance. They say, okay, file a report. We need a police report. So I got the police report. And they, um, they tell me, after 20 days of your car still not coming up 
and if it's still missing, then we'll wow. pay it off. So I gotta wait 20 days. Goodness gracious. Right? Mind you, I got that car in anticipation of Super Bowl weekend. Mm. I missed out on $3,000. Because that car that usually gets rented out for Just for the weekend. Yeah, it's just a weekend. That yes. car usually goes out for $400, $500. But on Super Bowl weekend, 1000 a day. Mm. Easy. Just run for one car. Right? So that Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, my God. Hit. I took an L. Luckily, I had my Airbnb. My Air, I had one Airbnb unit that made $7,000. Mm. $3,500 a day. Somebody nice. booked it for two days. But anyways, and for me, it's not about the money. Um, anyway, back to the process. The process was this. They said 20 days. If the car doesn't show up, we'll, we'll pay you the cash value of the car. So even though I paid forty six. The car, they, they estimated the car to be worth $39,000. Gap insurance. I canceled it the two weeks before. <laughs> I got gap when I initially signed the documents, right? The dude sold me on it, and L, I needed L, it. L, I was like, man, why am I paying? Take this out. Take this out. <laughs> why am I paying gap insurance? Man, I don't need no gap. I, ca- I called him and canceled it. Come to find out, I absolutely need it because I have to pay the difference. Mm. Gap insurance, as you know, pays the difference between how much you pay for the car and how much the value is. Mm. In case you lose the car, somebody gets in an accident, or somebody steals it. My wow. case, I took the L. I'm so I'm so excited that you went through this because me going through this journey, it's like you took all, all right. the losses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I, I was the first penguin. I set the pathway for everybody right. else. It's right. safe now, y'all. It's safe. This is this is the road we going right, to. Right, right. That's actually what happened. So. The do so now that that's the car situation with the insurance. Now I still want to find out who stole my car. Mm. All right. Luckily, Dion he said, "Yo, it was parked at an apartment. Why don't you check the cameras?" So Dion actually went to the apartment and asked, hey, "Can we check the cameras for this date? Our car was stolen. We want to see who it is." Right. So they told Dion, "Like, look, we can't give you no cameras. You need a police officer to come here." Right. right? And I was like, "Why would they? Do- why can't we just get the cameras? Street justice. That's why." There's people out here that we try to do street justice. Find out who it is, they try to take care of themselves. Right. So right, it has right. to be in proper hands. Police mm-hmm. officer, so cool. We sent the detective there. He pulled the tapes, sent me an image, a still image of the dude who took it. Dummy parked it under the camera. <laughs> Got a picture of him. Now I know who it is. Yeah. But I don't know who it is. So since I don't know who it is, but I see who it is, I post it on my Instagram, the power of social media. I post mm-hmm. it on my social media. I said, does anybody know who this is? I only had to keep that post up for five minutes on my Instagram stories. Why? Because somebody DM'd me. Actually, two people DM'd me. Shout out to Sean and, and Trey. I got mm. screenshots of their message. Trey hit me up and said, yo, Matt, I know exactly who that is. Wow. He went to my school. I know his first name, his last name. And matter of fact, I don't even like that dude. <laughs> Second dude, Sean, who I put on, who now has a, I think he posted his Lamborghini. Mm. Anyways, uh, Sean, he lives at Atlantic. He said, yo, I know exactly who that is. I, I said, yo, I found out who it is already. His name is Miles. But is this the same? Is this Miles? Yep, that's Miles. Mm. That helped me to have the confidence. And I had the 100% confidence who it was because they gave me his Instagram page. I went to his Instagram page and he was wearing the same exact outfit on his story <laughs> when he was with Hilarious. Bruh, only God can set this situation up. So, this is the crazy part. I'm excited now that I know who it is. I see his page. The dude's always posting actively. So, mm. I see what he's doing. I tell the detective, yo, detective, oh, I forgot something. He was, um, I think, a Russian last name. Anyways. I told him, I did your job for you. I found out who it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? His name is Miles. I got his name. I got his Instagram page. What are we going to do? He says, okay, cool. That's a good job. But I didn't want him to think that I, I was in on it. Mm. When it comes to insurance claims, I found out when a car is stolen, you know who the number one suspect is? You. You. Wow. 
So the way he was talking to me, he was like, I, he, was, he was talking to me back and responding as if I'm the one who stole it. I called my boy Miles to steal the car from me. Right. But why would I be reporting them now? And then I'm snitching on the boy. Why would I snitch on the dude? <laughs> so I was like, look, we found who it is. I have a large following, so that's how I found him. I posted mm-hmm. him on my, my Instagram. He said, okay, cool. I'll verify it. A couple days later, he, he calls me. He says, yep, it was him because the car that he left in after dropping the car off, is he he drove his mom's car. Mm. They checked the license plate. I'm like, oh, that's good detective work. I like right. it. I like the style. <laughs> like so doing. we know who it is, right? Oh, well, now he said I put a warrant out for his arrest. Cool. I'm just waiting. It should be it should be easy to find him because he's always posting what clubs he's in. He's taking pictures with Young Thug. Mm-hmm. He's on there, right? So he's taking pictures with the with the uh, these influencers a bunch in front of all these cars. I'm like, dang. Why is he stealing cars if he's in front of those, all these cars? I come to realize, of course, when you're entourage, you're not the one owning these right, cars. You're just sure. around. Cool. I get how that works. But here's the thing. A couple weeks passed. I follow up with the detective. I said, did you guys find him yet? What's, what's going on? He said, man, to be honest with you, Grand Theft Auto is on the low, low, low end of our priorities right now. Really? Right? So I have to humble myself. He told me about <coughs> sex trafficking, which is really, really huge in, mm. in, in Atlanta. That's our priority. Um, domestic violence. Yeah. Murder cases. Mm. Those are our priorities. In the grand scheme of things. Yes. Like, I mean, it's it sucks for you. It sucks but, for me, but he yeah. said that's what the insurance for. He gave me that, that shrug. Me, like, and what do you say to that? Like, I, I literally humble myself. Right, I said, right, okay, that's fair. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not selfish. I'm not evil. And again, this God's willingness. That's mm-hmm. my found, That's my grounding foundation is mm-hmm. God's will. So I'm not going to sit here and complain through the process right. and then get happy at the end. Mm-hmm. No, smile it, smile it through. So I realized that, of course, that was the situation. But... My wife, she gets a call, 5 a.m., middle of the night, literally, on top of the morning, actually. The officer calls as we found your vehicle, and the person in the car, we arrested them. Mm. Okay, what's his name? It wasn't my house, somebody else. So mm. he either gave, sold the car to somebody or gave it to somebody, whatever yeah. the case may be. Somebody else was, had the car and got arrested for receiving stolen property. Mm. All right, I said, cool. Mind you, I already got 20 days already passed. Right. Insurance already paid me out. So the insurance now owes the car. Owes right, the car. Right, 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 right. So they, I don't get to get keep the money from the insurance and get the car. Yeah. The car is now theirs. So I was like, okay, where's Miles at? We don't know. I found Miles. God found Miles for me. You know mm-hmm. how I found him? Yeah. Dion sent me a text message. Chief Dion sent me a text message. Said, Brother Matthew, check your group me text messages right now. Right? From the We're church? Part, yeah, from our church. So we have a church group meet where all the interaction, new members, all these different conversations and communication happens on our group meet. And because I have a leadership role, I get to see what's happening on the other branches of our churches. Right? So Dion says, yo, check your, check your group meet right now. I check my group meet. I see a new baptism. It can't be Miles. It can't be Miles, yo. <laughs> my boy Miles baptized in our church. Our church. Wow. My heart is racing. This is real life. You can't make this up. I'm looking at my, my heart. I was literally in bed like this. I got up. My heart was moving, bumping. Like, what the heck is going on here? The dude who stole my car is now smiling in a baptism picture at my church. Wow. Out of the, we're in the Bible Belt. Out of the thousand, there's a church on every corner. Right. Out of all the churches in the world, he got baptized in our church. You couldn't write this in a script that he Bro, better. it's like a movie. Yeah. So I call, I immediately call my missionary, said, Missionary Justin. You won't believe this. The, the gentleman that you just baptized was the one who stole my car. And I told Missionary Justin about the situation. Mm-hmm. So he knew. So I just put two and two together. I said, yeah, right. the red Corvette I got stolen? Guess what? The dude you just baptized, he was the one who stole it. Wow. He said, no. 
No, I said, yes. Yes, it's him. Mm. He hung up. He said, all right, cool. Before he hung up, he said, I'm going to ask Pastor to see what he wants to do about the situation. Mm. Pastor let him know. Well, just let him go. When he comes back, let him know that he has two options. Option one, you turn yourself in. Option two, or and, and you're not no longer a member of the church. Mm. So some people might be saying, oh, cool. That's an easy decision to sort a car. They just don't come up to the church no more. Right. He actually stayed. He got mm. baptized for a reason. Amen. He wanted to specific, I don't know what the details were, but he wanted to change his life or something, mm. right? So he stayed, he broke down crying when my missionary, the next third day, which was a Tuesday, he told him um, after service, he said, um, can I have a seat with you real quick? I want to tell you something. So we know that you have a warrant out for your arrest right now for um, Grand Theft Auto. And the reason why we know is because the car that you stole is a member of this church. Mm. Wow. <laughs> he broke down, started crying. I heard the story. But somebody might be saying, wait, what? how did he end up in this church? This was it. One of his, one of the members of our church, um, I'm not going to say any names, but she's a member of our church. I know her. And I'm trying to explain this situation without dropping names. But anyways, long story short, his fiance is a member of our church. Gotcha. That's how he ended up being baptized in our church. Wow. But I realized at the end of the day, this was always since the beginning, God's will. God's will. This was God's will to test me, my endurance whether I'll still give glory to God, whether I'll complain, whether I'll quit, whether I'll do anything negative to see if I really want to be in this business. And I feel like I passed the test by going through the process and I got to see the dub. But what was the dub? After the car at Corvette got paid off, my, my credit score shot up. Crazy, right? That allowed me to go back to the dealership and get another car. But I didn't just get another car, I got 33 more cars. How do you get people, what, what is the strategy on getting people to not have to pay for their groceries and not have to pay for certain living expenses. Cause I, I've just heard you talk about it before. Okay. So I know what you asked. Don't, don't, don't hold back either. We need the full, <laughs> we need the truth and the whole truth. So, so listen, right. Is that I tell people is that it's things with credit cards that a lot of people are not aware of on things that they can do. Um, and loopholes in the system. So one day I, I'm, I'm going to explain something and my team is about to kill me for saying this here. Um, I ordered something online, and when I ordered using it, using what? Because I'm trying to follow. Using my American Express. Okay, okay gotcha. I'm gonna give you an example like this. I'm gonna give you the one that I say is that there's stores. One time, I go to fill my office. I went to Apple. Well, when I went to Apple, I used my American Express card. When I used my Amex and Apple, I go and I went in there and I did it, and it maxed me that day. At I want to say I was at like twenty-one thousand, and I put the rest on my debit card. Well, my team goes, we need Windows, you use Apple. But for our compatibility for your team that's gonna be doing all the work, Windows is gonna be more compatible. I did a refund to my debit card. So when I went back in, I give them my debit card, they do the refund. I don't realize they don't ask me for my credit card. Mm -hmm. When they do the refund, everything comes back into my checking account. I literally spent 800 bucks off my debit, 21,000 on my credit card. The whole 21,8 came back into my debit account. Mm. I learned how to liquidate my credit card. I said, yo, I look and I've been in so many real estate deals. I've been through so many people's real estate programs. They charge you to liquidate or you go through 100%. PayPal and you yeah. pay 33.5%. For sure. Okay, I just got paid to pull my money off my credit card. Mm. And that always works? Apple ain't catch that yet? Apple is done. <laughs> so, so, so listen, right? Look, 
Apple is done, right? So I tell people, I say, listen, I, I, I've explained, explained Apple before. Um, so Apple is at a position where Apple is done. But so they don't do it no more? No, they changed their, their payment structure, gotcha. right? We blew that out the water. Mm -hmm. So I tell people is that, but what happened was, yeah, I, I feel just, like you did that. I feel like, you, yeah, yeah, I, I, feel I, like I did too. <laughs> Apple was looking like, yo, this dude, y'all know what he's doing. Yo. All right, go ahead, I'm sorry. So I learned, um, once I seen that, it's just my whole goal was that, how do I learn credit cards? Because credit cards are what we will say, an asset, I mean, a liability. Right. So growing because up- at the end of the day, you still got 21000 in debt on your card. Oh, no, I'll pay it right back. I'm not going to use the money. Gotcha, okay. I just paid it back. So it, it is just, if, if you use these strategies, you use the money for whatever you're going to use it for, but pay it back. You, you don't use it for any, like in that case, right, what happened was is this, you got to understand the benefits, is that that 21000 the American Express didn't see the refund. So it looked like a spin. Oh, so you got all the points for it as well. That's why I said I got paid to liquidate it. And reward points. Interesting. And then they look and go, "Wow, he spent twenty-one thousand, paid it back in a week and a half." See, that's why I got one hundred and fifty thousand on all three of my platinums. See, I almost mm -hmm. got a half a million on platinum, just off of. I have a lot of high spins. That get paid back, so mm -hmm. my monthly cycle, is very high, mm -hmm. and so I teach people how to grow and double and triple their their limits. Is that? It's a lot of different ways that we can do these things. Um, it's ways that you can buy stuff online and just take it back into the store. Buy stuff online, take it back into the store. Talk to yeah. me. So, let's just say like... This is legal for my, my kids that watch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, it's, 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 it's literally like this, right? I'm going to tell you what the thing is this. Is that it's... What, what would I say? It's doing a refund. That's just the whole thing is just doing a refund and getting the money back onto you. It, that's the part where I tell people is that you just have to understand credit cards. You have to understand their systems. But I tell people the goal is not, like I don't teach people to just go out and do that. That's right. just something cool we figured right, out right, and right, found out. Sure, sure. So that was one of the cool things. But I tell people is that, like I tell people how to hide their credit card utilization. It's just learning things like that to where we don't pay interest on our credit cards. These are the type of things that we need to know is that like, those are the most, those are the fascinating things because people go, people charge me to liquidate my credit card. You just told me how to do it for free. Right. Literally off, um, I seen people go, hey, I don't know you, but you said this, I did it, it worked. I bought my real estate project and I didn't have to spend my, like going to debt to pay for my, my home. Yeah. You 3.5% in the negative before you even go do a deal. Mm. You imagine that you get funded at a hundred thousand, you got to pull a hundred thousand off your credit cards. You three point five to the to the negative before you even go anywhere else. Right. Plus your monthly reoccurring fee. You get me? That's why people lose. Like I tell people, I teach people how to go to where if you were going into real estate and you had a hundred thousand in funding, when you liquidate, you'll be worth a hundred and and five, a hundred and six. So now you have more capital. You're not going negative before you even get into the investment deal. And a lot of times they get into deals, and if you do get a wrong deal, you don't even know how to get out. Right. So I got this. I got this play that I'm working on. Um, it is. A real estate. So I'm, I'll share with you after. But we're uh, about to buy a building, right? And okay. Let's just say it's going to be a hundred thousand dollars in renovations. Mm -hmm. So I've got a bunch of I've got a because I, I I use like like you I use my credit card and I pay it off. So I have um, I got about 
I got about a hundred in um, in you know credit card balance, right? Okay. Like zero balance, I can charge it up to about a hundred. Okay. So, is there a way to float all this money or use my cards without having to pay all the interest? Is there a way? One, you can hide your credit card utilization, right? And if you hide it, then I can get another card. Is that what you're saying? You can get more cards, but you have to be particular about which cards you go out and get depending on what your situation is. See, I put people in a situation before they get to that point to where they don't have to worry about it. Let me bring this up just in case. I'm sorry. So I put people in a position before they get to the point of purchasing to where they're okay, right? Gotcha. Because you're going to have there's different credit card types. You have your credit cards that are standard credit cards, meaning you got a $15,000 limit, this is what you have. You have charge cards. Your charge cards are going to be the cards that are based off of your spending habit, right? right? So we run our charge card limits up with business to grow our limits to where when it's time to do a deal like that, I need 100,000, I have it access. Mm -hmm. Okay, meanwhile, I have my standard cards here that have my regular limits, but with these cards, I set up and I add people on as authorized users. So I sell trade lines. Well, now if I sell trade lines at 650 and I have 10 spots available, that's 6,500 every cycle. How long do you keep them on your card? 60 days. So, it, so you add somebody, is this something we can talk about? Yeah. Okay. So you add somebody on your trade line for, mm-hmm. let's say, six fifty, mm-hmm. and every two months, if they want to stay on that. No. They, so you add trade lines last. It's once their credit report is together, depending on what they're looking to go do. You add them last. Okay. It's, just a, it's just you have to know the formula. When you add somebody as an authorized user, it's not, oh, you're going to get excellent credit. You're good to go now. No. You structure a report properly add the authorized user on to help with the data points. So once it helps with the data points of your age, your credit report, total number of accounts, your credit utilization, you add them on as an authorized user, last. Now they go and do what they need to do, establish more new accounts. When the trade line gets removed, those accounts season fill the gap for where the trade lines work. Got it. Okay, so I add 10 people on as an authorized user, that's $6,500 every 60 days. If I got three cards, Got it. Got I'm at 18, it. almost 20,000 every 60 days. Okay, so in a situation you go, well, I'm going to go and spend 100,000 on this property. My goal was that get these credit cards together first and get this business flowing. So when you go spend that 100,000, you go, I spent 100,000 here, but I'm not spending my 100,000. Guess what, American Express? Guess what? You know, Barclays. The trade lines that I'm selling on these ones, pay that card back. So now I'm not out of pocket. Got it. Got it, got it. Shout out to the banks for buying my house. That's right. I really leverage other people's money in real time to acquire assets. That's deep. Now I own this property free and clear because I bought it with cash off of my charge card, credit card, or a business credit card with 0% APR that don't show my personal credit report. But now my trade line business is going. That's going to pay that money back. So in the meantime... I sit back, even the rents that come off of that property, I just collect and sit to the side. That's mine. My whole goal is that anything that I touch is for my kids. If I own something and I touch it, that money that come off of it is for my kids. I'm not refining and paying it back. My daughter going to need that eventually. I'm not going into debt. I'm not passing them that.
my whole goal is to be able to pass them wealth yeah. at all means. And that's the thing is when I said our mindset is the only liability we got if we don't make our mindset into an asset. If you don't have an a asset-driven mindset, you lose. You let people say, don't do this and don't do that. I find a way to do everything. Outside of like learning about money, how did you move up those ranks? Yeah. So fast, so young. Yeah, I think I think it's it's really um, you know, Jim Rohn says, you know, uh, you know, work for the job that you want, not the one that you have. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, uh, it was always, 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 always thinking a step ahead, right? Mm-hmm. And so and even as an entrepreneur, though, I think I think what what people what people are always in a space of, um, I'm only gonna do what I'm being paid for. I say in everything you do, even as an entrepreneur, you should over deliver always, right? Mm-hmm. Because what happens is when I was a teller, I was over delivering. I was doing customer service. When I was customer service, I was over delivering. I was being a personal banker. When I was a personal banker, I was over delivering. I was acting like I was the manager, right? Mm-hmm. What happens is now, uh, number one, just from an energetic perspective, because I'm a big believer in the law of attraction, from an energy perspective, I'm being what I want to be, mm-hmm. right? I'm not, I'm not like like I'm not waiting until I'm, I'm a, I have multi-millions in my account to be a multi-millionaire. Talk. I'm a multi-millionaire right talk. now. I move and walk and talk like a multi-millionaire. You gotta be it first. Because once you be it, the universe you confusion it. The universe like, yo, what's up? Yo, this dude, <laughs> yo, what's up with this dude? He moving like a multi-millionaire. You got no mil- yo, hurry up. Let's, let's put some millions in the account. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you gotta confuse the universe. Universe is like, yo, this dude is a teller and he's moving like a... No, no, no. Let's get... Let, let, let's move some things around and get him this position. Mm. Yo, he's a he's a personal banker and he and he's moving around like he run the bank. No, 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 no. We need to open up some spots to get to, to give him what he rightly deserves because that's how he's moving. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so that's how I got promoted so fast. Yo, I'm I'm Yo, moving. The podcast just started. Calm down. Save something to end. My fault. My fault. Save something to end. My fault. My fault. It's getting yeah. too crazy right you know, now. You know? I mean, it's too early. If you know, you know. You know what I'm saying? If you know, you know. Oh, if you know, you know. You know what I'm Yo, saying? So I I, I, yo, I feel like um, like just moving off the energy and the excitement. Yeah, you can get way more things out of life. And oh, wait, we I get know. we move so timid because we don't know. Like yeah. we don't the the for some the next step is super scary. Yeah, but for others the next step is super exciting. Absolutely. And if the next step is scary, we move scared. Like, yeah. oh, I don't want to say too much. I don't yeah. want to be walking around this bank. I, people going to think I think I own the bank. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Right? But if you walk with that expectation, right. you just painted a, a dope picture, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the universe just move. Hold on. Get this yo, man. Like, yo, what, 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 what are we doing? Had you seen how that's working? Like, yo, we need to move some stuff out of the way fast. Bro. Yo, and that's a big fact, though. I'm telling you, like, yo, I promise you. So it's so funny uh, because the other day uh, I was reading. So, I, so my first book came out in 2009, right? It's called My Right Money, Right? Ten Laws of Financial Freedom. You know, the other day on page 48. So y'all, y'all can see I'm not jacking moves, right? I was a banker when I wrote that book. And in page 48, I was a banker when I wrote that book. Page 48, I have my definite chief aim, right? What I was going to accomplish. Yo, I read that the other day. I'm at 80%. Wow. I'm at 80%. And so, and so, yo, write it and make it plain, right? And so you, so, so, so I'm saying to say that, yeah, you could, you could move timid, but the reason why you, you moving timid, cause you don't understand who you are. Yeah. If you knew who you are, if you understood your power, right? And not, not to get, you know, all godly and spiritual, but I, but I believe I'm God, right? Little G, greatness on display, 
I'm made in the image and likeness of God. And so if God, if God can have everything, why well, can't have everything? If I'm made in the image and likeness of God, then I'm that. And so what, what, what's happening is that entrepreneurs, non fathers, people who are not living their best life, they're not asking. Yeah. They asking timid. They saying, I'm not sure. So universe say, okay, your wish is my command. So I'm going to show you why you're not sure. So mm. I'm not going to give you nothing to make you sure. Your mm. wish is my command. But for the people who walk, walk that walk, like, yo, I'm, yo, this is me. Yeah. I got this. Universe says, okay, wish is my command. You do got this. 100%. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like, you know, you, you know, it's it's a it's it's something that people need to understand. You gotta know who you are. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether you believe in God, Allah, Buddha, whatever it is, whatever you believe in, you have to understand that you were made in the image and likeness of God. And your job on this earth is to display God. It's to demonstrate God. Greatness on display. G O D. <laughs> so what did it feel like when you retired your mom? I mean, uh, where was she working at? So my mom was a school teacher. I believe it was third grade that she was um, she was teaching for the Philadelphia School District, um, Mastery Charter School. She, she, she was um, a school teacher. My mom was working. You know, I think it was like eight to like four, eight to five, nine to five, something like that. Mm -hmm. But um, the reason why I wanted to get my mom retired is just because like. Um, we were working so much after, you know, she finished her job. So my mom was doing a job. And then plus, like, we were staying out to 2, 3 a.m. in the morning every day, just doing deliveries, just working on different things. And I said, Mom, you know what? I'm going to retire you. So after oh, so it was your idea to retire. Yeah, definitely. Did you understand what retirement meant? Yeah. At 13 she, years old? She was scared in the beginning. She was scared in the beginning. I'm saying, did you understand it? Like, where, like wh why did you want to retire your mom? Let me put it that way. Um, I just, I wanted to retire, you know, so, like, she could be present full-time. Like, with, so she could be present full-time with the family. And then just also, so she could help me work on Spurgle more. Like, mm. take Spurgle to a whole other level. And um, after I retired her, you know, I retired in November 6th. It was either November 5th or November 6th, 2019. January and January, February, we just started going off with Spurgo. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we I was able to go to Miami and meet Sean Diddy Combs. Um, Mr. Sean, he 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 reposted me on Instagram 2018, but I was able to connect with him, meet DJ Khaled. We were able to open up the storefront this year. Just from my mom being retired, we're able to, you know, be present to more opportunities and different things like that. Mm -hmm. Now my mom. You know, no, she's able to run a store. She's able to, you know, work on personal things. Now my mom can get a massage anytime she wants. Now my mom, she could go on vacations and, you know, do whatever she want to do. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Man, I think that might have went over some people's heads. You said I was just being myself. I was just being myself. Which he being myself, I think, is one of the hardest things. I was telling somebody in the, uh, in the lobby, being yourself is one of the hardest things to do when you got so much stuff to look at. It's only hard when you don't know who you are. Mm. <laughs> we got it's that up. We got only that up. hard if you don't know who you are. You have to find who you are. And in some, I'm still learning that. Every year I evolve. I'm in therapy right now. My therapist is like, write down 20 things that make you happy. She was like, yep. Call me tomorrow. <laughs> so, you know, some of those deep questions, it's like, who am I? Does this, you know, and I'm going to go back to EJ, you know, um, on my million dollar journey, I sold my car, which was almost two years ago. I still don't have a car. 
and I'm a multimillionaire. I still don't have a car. Mm. You, I, I almost bought a $300,000 G-Wagon because of the stuff I saw on the internet. And I sat with myself. I said, do I really even want this G-Wagon? I'm never in town. Soon as I drive off the lot, it depreciates. It's going to be in my garage. Mm. I don't own any land because I'm staying in an apartment. Come on, B. Why am I buying a G-Wagon? Because I'm, I'm conditioned to think that's what you do when you get money, right? I sold my Toyota. Now I need a luxury car. This is what I'm seeing as I'm scrolling. I, I ain't had a car for two years. I am comfortable. I don't cook. So all I'm doing is Uber Eats and I ain't never at the grocery store. <laughs> I'm never in town. One of those years was a pandemic. I wasn't doing nothing. Why would I go buy a $300,000 car for it to sit in my garage? I need to own some land. Mm. I need to invest. I need, that's what works for me. But that's because I know myself. I know myself. And I didn't allow outside sources and social media to make me feel pressured to go do that. I Uber everywhere. EJ picked me up this morning. Mm-hmm. You should like, you want to ride? I was like, I could drive my sister car. She got a little Ford in the back. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, that's my, it goes with my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I don't like to drive anyway. I love getting in an Uber, sitting in the back, answering emails, sleeping, being on my phone, working in the back seat. Convenience. That works for me though. I didn't allow outside sources to make me feel like I had to go buy a car. I don't even have a car. Mm-hmm. What is the, first off, do you do regular Uber or Uber Black? Me it depends on where I'm going. Okay, because me and her, yeah. I mean, she's like, we go somewhere, I'm like, y'all, I'll get a regular you No, know, it depends on where I'm going, because I'm hopping to uh, ding up Uber real quick. Like, thank you, they got me some on. I'm like, yeah, come on. It's me. Uh, it's me, Black Queen. She's trying, though. She's, she's it's trying. It's me, Black Queen. <laughs> so, first of all, we've been up here like 15 minutes. I only did three. That's good. Let's clap it up for Beast Mode. Yeah. I'm working. So, I'm working on me. I do want to know the journey of, have you always been yourself or was it a process? Like some people, I mean, some people are natural. Like mm. they are just them. Mm. But some people aren't struggling. Oh, I don't know why that question is going to make me emotional. I've always been myself. Soon, 2020, as soon as I thought I found myself and I was walking in my truth, I changed. I changed and I tried to hold on to the girl I used to be. Mm. And that's not even who I am anymore. Mm. So that was a scary thing for me. When you change and you grow and you evolve and you shift and you're maturing and people around you aren't or you're not the same person. First of all, the person you used to be is not who God intended you to be. Mm. It was just a part of you to get you to where you're going. Mm. And I was scared to change. I'm like, I don't like standing on the tables at the clubs no more. I don't like going out all the time. I like I like being at home. I don't, dang, big crowds. I used to want to be the center of attention. Now big crowds kind of give me anxiety. Mm. Uh, I changed as soon as I was walking in my truth. And that scared me. But once I started to accept, it's okay. You're not 21, you're 31. Okay, you're going to evolve, you're going to grow. And that old B. Simone or Braylon, who you used to be, is not who God intended you to be. Mm. That is a part of you to get you to this point and continue to evolve. So, yes, I've always been myself, but I feel like in different chapters and journeys and parts of life, you're going to change and find that and walk in that. Don't try to hold on to who you used to be. And what do you think forced that change? Was it people? Was it circumstances? My career um, took off. The more popular I got, the more introverted I got. 
Really? Oh, yeah. Now I'm, 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 hey, you a fan or a hater? Bitch, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, you, it's, I, I'm always on edge. It, 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 it turned me introverted a little bit. Mm. And I'm kind of getting, getting back to, okay, the balance of it. But the bigger I got, the quieter I got. The, it, I'm like, well, that's not what got me big. My personality. This is what made me. Who I, this is what got me to this point. I had to keep this, this girl up. I had to, I have to be the life of the party. I have to be lit. The bigger I got, I stopped drinking so much. Mm. I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to rest. I'm trying to be healthy. The bigger I got, I didn't want to be out late. So now I'm not networking with those same people because they in the club every night. Yeah. The bigger, you know, I changed the bigger I got. And it scared me because I felt like I had to do those same things because that's what got me to this point. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm just on a different chapter. For sure. I'm on a different path. I'm, I'm evolving and that's okay too. Yeah. So I, I challenge you guys to embrace the new you. Don't be scared of it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.